0: so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets.
1: Have you ever had a stripping away period? A time in your life where God just seemed to strip away everything that you thought was important. Your closest relationships money material things it all just was stripped away what a painful challenging gut-wrenching experience that must be yet somehow some way my next guest Latoya Washington was able to
0: take That stripping away experience and turn it into
1: beautiful poetry that could encourage others as they go through their storms. What if what you're going through isn't just about you? What if you are uniquely positioned to minister to others? who find themselves in that exact same space. And maybe, just maybe, the story that you're called to write can be used to set some people free. I
0: pray that you will tune in and take notes as you listen to Latoya's story
1: and that it will nudge you in a direction to which God is calling you. It's no accident that you're listening today. Now is the time to write and publish your story. Enjoy. Well, Latoya, thank you so much for being here
0: with us on Publishing Secrets. I've had a chance to learn a little bit about you and what you do. And I just believe that so many people are going to be blessed by our conversation today, you are a writer that actually started pretty young. So I would love for our audience to have a little insight about you and how you kind of developed your passion for writing. Let's start there.
2: Yes. Well, I used to write short stories when I was a kid, and it's so funny because the basis of my stories would kind of be, you know, similar to. The daytime dramas because you know my mama and grandma watch, you know, <laughs> light and light.
0: Oh my god, I knew it. Oh my gosh. As the world turns, yeah. it light, like, young and the restless, those right. those were my time too. We're in the same time. I'm with you. <laughs> so
2: I would like catch it and then all of a sudden just start creating little short stories. And also I would write little letters. And that's something that I still do. If I'm really close to you, I will write you a letter. It's kind of old school. I'm still into paper, y'all. I still right. like the pen and paper, you know? So I still write like little love letters to my husband, little encouraging letters to, you know, people at church or pastors and whatnot. So that has grown from when I was a kid. In high school, I would do that. It would just, I didn't know that that was a gift that God gave me. Because in high school, if I see a friend or a classmate that looked kind of sad, I would just start writing and then sneak them the paper and they would say, oh my gosh. And I didn't understand. I just was like feeling led to just write this and didn't know the power in those Mm. words. I didn't know the power of words until I got older. And so, you know, those little things I did as a kid, writing and, and reading and doing little notes and stuff. Yeah.
0: Wow. You know, it's interesting as I hear you sharing this, you were just doing what was in your heart, but God was using you to bring hope and healing to people, even at a very young age. So, of course, it's always easier looking back, but it's like, wow, it makes perfect sense now that you took all of that passion and turned it into a book. So let's fast forward a little bit. Now there is a book that you have written, a collection of poems. And this book is reflective of a very trying period in your life that got used to have something good come out of it. So tell us about the name of the book and give us a little bit of the backstory as to what led you to actually write it.
2: Yeah, well, the title of the book is Broken Vessels, Letters to Abba. Um, it was published through my awesome publisher, Joanna Burchett and Gospel for awesome. You Publishing. Shout out to her, love her dearly. And And, and so broken vessels definitely is that I'm a willing vessel, but I have broken pieces.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I definitely have broken pieces of my life, but you know, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, he won't despise, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to learn that. And the letters to Abba is basically that each poem is my heart to the Mm -hmm. Lord, my questions, my you know, my reasoning, um, my disappointment, my decisions that I made, all of it was a letter to the Lord. And the reason why I was a letter to the Lord, because honestly, I was by myself. Mm. It was just me and him. Some people couldn't even relate to or understand, well, what are you talking about? Well, why do you feel some type of way about that? Or, Mm. you know, you need to get over that. Or, you know, and it's just like, I just want someone to just hear my heart, and not automatically have a response Mm, and just hear me, you know? And so in that time, I would just go and pour out to the Lord. And so the book is 10 years of writings from 2011, January from 2011 to about 2014, 2015, a little bit, was very trying back to back to back. One of the poems in the book is Waves because it was back to back to back issues, especially after giving my life to the Lord again, rededicating my life, excuse me, December 31st, 2010. So from January 1st, 2011, all hell broke loose. Okay.
0: Wow. That's (laughs) Uh, so crazy. That's not what we think of, right? We think I rededicate my life to Christ. Life is going to be grand. It's going to be better, right? But that's not everyone's experience. So tell us a little bit about what happened for you after you made that decision. Oh, well, I went
2: through a separation from my first husband. I'm of course divorced, but went through a separation with my first husband. Um, He was involved in drugs and of course affairs, Um, but also I played a part too, uh, you know, and then went through a flood where I lost everything, you know, house completely just filled with water you know, and had to walk through it and River Rescues outside with their boats. It really looked like Noah's Ark. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. It really did. (laughs) It was like, you know, I still laugh about, you know, I can laugh at it now because I wasn't thinking with some of the things that I grabbed. I grabbed the Louis Vuitton bag and my phone. My mind was all over the place. So that was in September. So from January to September was nonstop stripping away and God removing. Then, you know, finally get back on my feet. My coworkers at the time, I was working for a dental insurance company and they had to take care of me, literally. They gave me money. They gave me food. You know, I had to go back to living at my mom's house, you know, Mm. and start all over. Lost my car, had a brand new car, lost all of that. And this is all in one year after giving my life back to the Lord. And I don't regret it, though. I want to just definitely say that I don't regret my yes, because I knew I had to be committed because that was my problem. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I will go in and be like, you know what, I'm gonna give my life to the Lord and then step back out and keep doing this tiptoeing thing. Mm-hmm. But in December 31st, 2010, I knew I was fully committed. So it was like, mm-hmm. all right, I see, I see what's going on. It's going to be a fight, you know, for mm-hmm. my yes. But that was all in one year. And then a couple years later, you know, slowly getting myself back together, I was sexually assaulted by my ex husband. And so I went through a period of PTSD. You know, I was scared to go outside if it was too late. I was always watching over my shoulders. I was always, you know, looking at people like they had an ulterior motive. And so for a couple years, I struggled. As a believer, I had to go to therapy
1: to uh, <laughs> say
0: that again. Believers, I went to therapy. Can
2: go um, <laughs> to
1: therapy, and it's okay.
2: I yes. went to therapy. It did not stop my relationship with the Lord at all. I feel like I got closer to Him mm-hmm. because He truly sent someone. My it was my gynecologist because, of course, after you're assaulted, you either you know got to go through the whole rig getting and all that other stuff. But I started to feel as if I did this. I made the wrong decision. I was too trusting. Maybe I shouldn't have opened the door. Maybe I should have just waited. Um, Because, you know, for a minute after the assault, even smells triggered me and would take me back to that moment of trauma. Um, Because at the time when my ex-husband came over, I literally just walked through the door. And heard the knock. So, you know, you're not thinking of nothing of it. You're just going in and it's just like, oh, gosh, what you want? You know, I was in a happy mood. I just came back from a a job interview or something. And I remember it. And it was just like, I don't know what happened. One thing just escalated. But I still remember the smell that was on him. It wasn't just him in his regular mood. There was definitely, you know, something driving intoxication, drugs. Um, at the time in that decision and so I even would remember the smell and so you know my gynecologist said you you know I would suggest that you go see a therapist and just talk to someone about it because I was terrified I was really terrified and it was so crazy because I was still going to church and no one knew that this was going on
0: wow so I
2: covered it up so well I covered up this assault so well. My baby sister knew, my best friends knew, and they were so angry because they were like, they were ready to go hood on, them, you know, but it was like something in me was like, oh my gosh, I, I did this. I did this. And so in those moments I would just write and write to God. And my thoughts would be all over the place. So the one poem was about circles, going around in circles and circles. And I had to make a decision like, you know what? You did not been around this mountain long enough. Mm -hmm. Just like God told the Israelites, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. You did not been around this mountain long enough. You got to really heal from this. And went to a therapist and that was, you know, talk to the Lord. I cried out and had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself because I really did think it was my fault. I shouldn't have opened up that door so quickly. Maybe I should have just waited, see who was at the door, looked through the people. I went through all of that sis in my head and finally was like, you know what? I forgive myself for being trusting, but I don't deserve that. I didn't oh, I deserve that. Yeah.
0: I forgive Yeah, I forgive myself, myself. Mm-hmm, but, I but I
2: don't deserve That's it.
0: That's so powerful. I just, believe in my heart that someone is listening to this and and we don't know the beauty of podcasting is they could be listening right now when this is released or it could be years later for all that we know but someone is going to listen to this episode and they're going to so identify with your story of going in circles and rehearsing things over and over and over again and, and wanting to go back And change things and make a different decision, but knowing that they can't and the guilt and the shame that often comes with hindsight, right? Of course, now we know Mm -hmm. that, Hey, maybe that wasn't the best decision, but in the moment there was really no way for us to know that. So I just pray that the person that's listening to the sound of our voice, even right now, that they will be delivered from going in circles, that they will recognize that it's not their fault, that they did not deserve it, and that you desire to see them move forward and to be healed even now. So we just mm. ask that the shackles will be broken and that mm. that individual will be set free right now in mm. the name of of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I didn't intend on going there, but hey, we got to go. We got to go there. <laughs> we got to go with the flow of God. So, I mean, I just love that you were going through this period. You were battling internally and it just, it sounds like it almost spilled onto paper in the form of these letters, in the form of these poems. So, Now that you have taken the step, thanks to your lovely publishing partners, and now it's in the form of a book, what are you hoping is going to happen with the book now that will help other people that are maybe in that situation?
2: Honestly, my heart is to speak before young ladies and young men, especially who have been sexually assaulted, who have been abused physically as children, Um, even as adults, you know, sometimes we don't hear about the young boys and the young men who are abused as well. Um, So for them to just have a conversation, like I'm their sister, you know, to get it out, because that was one thing. It was internally that I was holding it in. And so many of us are holding things in. And so I think that That would be an awesome opportunity to sit down, even if it's just like one or two young people, one or two adults and say, you know, hey, you know, I've been there. And look, you know, you would never think unless I open my mouth and tell you that God had to heal me and keep me through all of that. Because like you said, when I gave my life back to the Lord, all hell broke loose. I didn't get a
0: mansion. so (laughs) wow, It's not at all what we would think. But I I believe it happens more often than people realize. So maybe even someone is listening right now and thinking, oh, thank God there's someone that gets what happened to me that my life didn't instantly get better. Mm -hmm. I ran into these challenges. And so prayerfully, you will get the opportunity to spread this message even beyond this podcast to help set some other people free. Now, you mentioned, Latoya, that your publishing partner was amazing. So I'm curious, as you were going through your process of writing and publishing, and now we all recognize that we have that stage also of promotion, of getting the word out about our book, have you encountered any challenges along the way as you were navigating that process? Yes.
2: The biggest challenge was letting go of the poems. Hmm. I literally had to pray. Because imagine you have this ten-year-old baby you've been holding yeah. secret, and then you got to give it to someone to go and do copyrights and share with this person. Do graphic. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want everybody touching <laughs> my child. You know, I was like, serious. I said, mm-hmm. and I finally had to say, you know what? Get yourself together, girl. You got to trust that this mm-hmm, is good. going to go where it needs to go, and that's because of you've been through what you've been through. So you have a little area where. If we be honest with ourselves when we lack trust. And so I had to trust, you know, that she was going to take it to the people that, you know, it need to go to, and it was going to get published because we've been there where folks and told us they was going to do something and didn't do it. And, you know, we lost money, look, been there. Mm. And, and so I had to trust my baby with someone else, 100%. And that was the biggest challenge. Marketing, too, I feel like it's somewhat a challenge, but I don't mind. Like, I like the marketing aspect of it, meeting new people, you know, talking to people, and you just never know where that conversation spreads. But given that my baby was the hardest, I would rather hold it in and nobody read it. And God's like, no, wait a minute, how are you going to write this book
0: and you won't let it go? It can't impact people if you don't release it. But you know what? It's a fair point that you are bringing up because we work so hard. We've poured our heart into this project. We hear horror stories where people haven't done the right thing. And so being willing to trust this person is no small feat. So I'm curious, when you were going through this process, how did your faith play a role in even being able to get to a point where you could release it? Because I'm imagining that this was a period of time. I mean, even after you made the decision to release it, there's still, you know, all this that needs to happen before it officially gets published. So how did faith play a role in keeping <laughs> you sane and calm as you were going through this process? <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it right. Sane and calm.
2: I'm like, I keep me sane, Lord. I don't know what to do. What do I do next? Because I knew nothing about the book publishing process at all. So You know, that's why I thank God for, you know, Joanna Burchette, because she was like, okay, this is what we're going to do, work on putting together a website so people can, you know, so she was really talking me through something because I knew nothing. So I had to trust many of the instructions and tips and wisdom that she was providing to me because I had no clue. And so, you know, she talked about how we're going to have a graphic artist do this. So we got to make sure this is lined up. And I'm like, huh? OK, sure. You know, and that's what made it such a less painful process and really trusting because there was the communication. Um, It wasn't like she just disappeared for four or five months. We were constantly talking to each other. This is where I'm at in the step. You know, this is what we need. Um, At one point in time, we had to add more words to it. So I was like, oh, I got stuff. So I like, I went in and I was like, I got this, you know? (laughs) You know, so I started to be more easier to release things because the additional writings in the book were something that I had, you know, been typing up that was hidden away somewhere. So Mm -hmm. then she asked, well, do you have any more writings? And I said, Yeah. And so I sent that. So I'm grateful for her and the publishing company that, you know, she works with that all of them came together to just show me and tell me what's going on. Um, So that made it so helpful. And then trusting God and God sending the people who I should work with. That was the other thing that helped me in trusting him.
1: Yeah,
0: that's huge. So even as you're listening, audiences listening, Involve God in the entire process, not just in terms of the idea and writing what He has called you to write, but also in who you are going to work with. And even as you are going through that process, you know, asking for discernment on what to say yes to and what to say no to and what decisions Mm -hmm. need to be made is certainly a part of it. That's the spiritual element. But then there's also the practical part of hey, make sure that this person is keeping you informed on what is going on throughout the process. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even as I'm talking about this with you, you know, just having that conversation up front, I think is great. You know, what can I expect in terms of the communication as we work on this project? So then you know what to expect. You're not getting nervous because you kind of have, you know, a picture of what that process is going to look like. And then as long as they follow through on the commitments that they've made, then that's going to make you feel more at ease and and know that this person can be trusted. So it's really, really important that we seek God throughout the entire process and that we have expectations of the people that we work with. So really, really great advice. So let's make sure that folks know how to get a copy of this book. And I, I heard you as you were talking through it, we got the website up and all of this great stuff. So talk to us about where people can learn more about you, the book, and stay up to date on what you're doing on social media. Awesome. And you can go on
2: to rimacreations.com. This is our business where we creatively express the word of God through t-shirts, puzzles. We've got bookmarkers, um, we're also working on a chess piece for men and women of God who like to play chess. So we're working on all of these things with Rhema Creations and it's spelled R-H-E-M-A-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-Z.com. Um, you can purchase Broken Vessels Letters to Abba and I will sign it personally and mail it out to you. Or you can visit Amazon.com. We just started also Broken Vessels podcast, which is a spinoff from the book. Um, so we have men and women of God sharing their stories of hope, redemption, and restoration. Um, so that's brokenvessels.com. We are on Anchor and Spotify and all of that, so you can check us out. We do lunchtime word. where We share scripture five days a week, and you know the focus of it is like a meal. You know we feed our natural man, but we need to our spirit man as well on this spiritual journey. So those are some of the things God is doing and just so grateful.
0: So grateful. And I I had a feeling that this is just the beginning, you know, your um, willingness to submit to the process and be obedient to what God has called you to. God rewards us when we are obedient to his will and to his plan. So congratulations, with the book and the new ventures that you guys have started as well as the podcast. So make sure that you head out to Latoya's website, pick up a copy of the book, not just for yourself, but for someone that can be blessed by the story that you have heard today. And then check out the podcast, use your lunchtime wisely to get fed the word of God so that you can be equipped to go out there and deal with the rest of- Amen. Yeah, yeah, because it's not always- So sometimes we need to get fueled up spiritually uh, to handle the day that is ahead. So I really appreciate you taking time to be here with Mm -hmm. us today. Before we wrap up, there's just one more thing that I'd love for you to do. You know, there is someone that is listening right now that maybe has a similar story of healing and restoration that they know that they have been called to share, but they may be struggling with releasing. As you've talked about, Mm -hmm. or writing, they're just stuck somewhere in the process. And they can see a vision of where God is calling them to, but somehow it doesn't seem to be coming together for them in this moment. Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share a word of encouragement. What would you say to that person to hopefully give them the strength and the courage to move forward? Okay. One
2: thing I would definitely say is to remain authentic and who God called you to be. Don't try to be like anybody else, any other writer. Just be who God called you to be, how he wants you to write. You know, let God guide your pen, right? Mm -hmm. And not the perceptions of others or what we perceive as success, but just what God wants you to do. And also trust when you don't see. You have this vision, but God doesn't give the whole pieces to the puzzle. So sometimes I was like, well, how do we do it? Well, guess what? Go and do it. He showed you. So now you got to put in the work. You got to put in the dedication, you know, read some things fast, you know, seek God and say, should I, you know, maybe put down the plate for three days there, or, you know, maybe just sit with you in silence and just allow you to guide this pen. And so I think it's, it's very important to even trust when we don't know what to do, but he showed you the end. showed you what's going to happen. So now you got to put in the work and be patient in that process, but be authentic and to just continue to be patient and do the work. Definitely do the work.
0: Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you,